We're going to do something a little different this morning. Typically, I, I start off by saying, open your Bibles or look, read along on the screen. We're going to have the, the study for the morning, uh, and we will be back to that next week. We'll actually be starting off in Romans chapter 14 next week. We'll be getting close to the end of Romans. But this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different, actually something I've never done at Green Tree. Uh, I'm going to save the scripture for the very end, and I'm going to spend the bulk of the time talking a bit about where we are as a congregation. Uh, as we look to what I call the end of the beginning. Uh, Green Tree Community Church, a lot of people know this, some of you may not, uh, was started by a small handful of folks uh, back in 1996. The prayers for Green Tree actually began. Green Tree actually began worshiping with about 50 or so people in January of 97. Uh, So we are in our adolescent stage. We are about 15 years old. Uh, and the, the beginning is over. We, uh, we're kind of got our bearings about us. We, ha- we have an identity now. We're not uh, brand new. We're not in the infant stage. We're not in the, in the toddler stage. We're, we're growing into our teenage years. And there's been a lot of transition uh, at Green Tree over the years, and in particular, the last two years. Uh, again, most of you know that we purchased property on North Kirkwood Road when that became available. Uh, it's where the Alpine Shop is our, our present tenant. Uh, and that relationship continues to go well. But when we purchased that property, what we were saying was, we believe it, it's time somewhere in, in, in this you know, near future uh, to sink our roots deeply into this community, to uh, identify and to, uh, to provide a worship and ministry space uh, that will outlive us, that will be here after we uh, are with the Lord and the next generation is coming along to seek and impact our community. Uh, we've had several staff changes in the last year or so. And, and all of this is kind of say, where are we headed? What's going on with, uh, with our future, so to speak? Uh, a lot of you who are here at the beginning know that, that we grew exponentially over our first two or three years. That growth flattened out. We've actually began to, to shrink just a little bit. Our attendance has actually gone down a little bit in the last couple of years. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Are we comfortable with who we are? Should we be looking beyond and outside of our own uh, spheres of of immediate influence at Green Tree Community Church? Um, Who are we and where are we headed? And so um, what I want to do this morning is talk a little bit about our past, our present, and our future. And I'm going to kind of tell this, or or, this is not a traditional sermon, so I don't want to say I'm going to preach the sermon because it's, it's not a specific study of God's words, but I'm going to share thoughts with you that are from my perspective, my journey with Green Tree over the last 13 years that I've been a part of this spiritual family. So I'm going to give you some of my reflections on the past and talk a little bit about what drew me to Green Tree originally. Uh, I'm going to share some thoughts on the present and what keeps me at Green Tree. Why do I want to continue to pastor Green Tree? And then I want to share some thoughts about the future and what are my hopes and dreams for Green Tree. And as I share these things, it's not about Tom. That's simply a platform from which to share the, the conversation. I think a lot of us will have much of this in common, uh, both the good uh, and maybe the, the not quite as good. And uh, my goal and my hope and my prayer this morning uh, is to do a bit of refocusing uh, on the vision to which I believe God's called us. So with that in mind, uh, let me pray for us and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you because you are the one who gave birth to Green Tree. You are the one who uh, determined in your uh, providence, in your wisdom, in your uh, eternal knowledge uh, to plant this congregation in this community, in this generation. Uh, Lord, we trust you in that, uh, and we trust that, that you have a plan not just for 
uh, our lives, but for the lives of those who will follow if the Lord Jesus doesn't come back uh, and, or before he comes back. There, if there are many more years uh, until he returns, you have a, a passion and a vision for this community that far outstrips our vision and our passion. So, Father, we come to you with grateful hearts this morning and that we are not the originators of Green Tree. You are. Uh, and that our past was written by you, our, our present is being led by you, and our future is in your hands. And yet, Father, this is an important conversation because we uh, are called in your word to respond to your leading. Uh, we're not observers. Uh, we're not people sitting in the stands, Lord. We are, we are to take part. We are to be the, the instruments and the tools that you use uh, to reach this community. And so, Father, we pray uh, that you would uh, refocus us this morning, uh, that you would uh, re-envision us, that you would ignite within us, remind us uh, of the passion uh, that needs to be in this congregation uh, for the sake of, of the glory of Jesus, but also for the sake of, uh, of the people with whom you allow us to be in relationship with day by day. So we give this time to you and ask that, that your uh, will would be done, and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, my family came to Green Tree in the fall of 1998 when uh, Green Tree first started worshiping at North Kirkwood Middle School. I, I was coming uh, at that time with, oh uh, gosh, um, about 17 or 18 years of ministry experience. I'm in my 31st year of ministry now. Uh, when we came here as just worshipers in the fall of, of 98, I was coming uh, from a church where I'd been the interim lead pastor. Uh, it was a large midtown church that drew people from as far away as uh, Belleville, Illinois, and, and far west uh, St. Charles County. Uh, and when I had finished my responsibilities there and we began looking for uh, where my future ministry would be, we had a little bit of time off. And so we uh, live here in Kirkwood, and we came to worship in the fall of 98. Nathan uh, was seven, or excuse me, Nathan was 15, Katie was 12, and Jordan is seven. Uh, and I'm leaving on Wednesday to go pick up Jordan uh, down at University of Alabama. He's completing his, his sophomore year of college. You just kind of step back and go, where did that, uh, where did that 13 years go? Uh, it's moved pretty quickly. Uh, and in that time, uh, we've had the opportunity to be part of the Green Tree family. And it's been one of the most significant things in the life of, uh, in the life of our family. Uh, and as we arrived at Green Tree, a lot of things drew us. One that was in our community. Uh, I had been part of a church that was a large midtown church, as I said. And it was a great church, wonderful church, but I really had a heart and wanted to be in a place that had a, a more narrow focus. that said, you know, we really want to make a difference in this town, so to speak. Uh, and I also was looking for an opportunity to lead a church that had just as much opportunity for failure as it did for success. Uh, I didn't want to go to an established church that had been there for a long time and just kind of settle into the status quo. I wanted to go someplace where I would wake up in the morning just a little bit on edge and a little bit scared that the whole thing could, could blow up and go away. Uh, I wanted that kind of challenge, and, and that's some of what we found uh, at Green Tree. And so uh, what I was looking for, what drew me was I wanted to be in a biblically-based Christ-centered church. I want to be a place that preached the gospel. Uh, you hear me pray on Sunday morning, Lord, we haven't come here to hear man's words. And I pray that every Sunday, and I know you guys could probably recite my, my Sunday morning prayer in my sleep, but I pray that not only because it's true, but also to remind myself that this is about God's word. It's about God's kingdom. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about him. And we come to worship him and, and that is absolutely crucial to who we are. But I wanted to be a church that enjoyed relationships. 
I wanted to be in a church that would have just as much fun uh, over a barbecue pit uh, as we would uh, sharing the gospel with someone, because both are equally important. And so I was looking for, for a, a church that believed in relationships, but was community focused. And I mentioned that before. I, I, nothing wrong with kind of the shotgun approach, but it just wasn't, you know, kind of what resonated with me. And I, and I, and I was passionate about church planting. I wanted to be in a church that saw the opportunity to grow, not necessarily by becoming a massive body in and of itself, but rather by sending people out into different communities. And I've, I've found that at Green Tree. That's been my experience at Green Tree. That is Tom Ricks's definition of the experience I've had at Green Tree. But it goes beyond that. Uh, there are a couple of words that I've put here in the bottom. In the, in the first line, I said, in that context, I have found passion and humility at Green Tree. I saw passion from the very get-go in the summer of 98 uh, when Green Tree was just really getting involved in this community. Uh, I don't know how many thousands of man hours were spent building a float to put in the Green Tree Parade. Now, if you've ever been to the Green Tree Fall Festival Parade that goes from the high school and around downtown Kirkwood, you know that it fundamentally is a couple of fire trucks several people running for office and sitting in a convertible, the high school marching band, and a bunch of people with cars and trucks that they, that they or pulling wagons that they put some colored paper on. It's not the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> and Cindy and I are walking down Guy Road early in the summer of 98, taking an, our evening walk, and there are like two dozen people in the par The Parms lived on south on Guy Road over here. There are at least two dozen people over there building this gigantuan huge, enormous float. And I'm, if you've ever seen pictures of this, you remember the front, what the, 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 excuse me, let me back up. I was so, I'm still overwhelmed by it. On the side, it said, come at Green Tree Community Church, come and see, S-E-A. On the front, it had Shamu the killer whale on a hydraulic that went up and down, okay? In the middle, it had an octopus that went round and round. And on the back, there was a sea turtle that went like this. I mean, talk about overkill. Talk about, you know, bringing, you know, trying to kill a gnat with a shotgun. But the point was there was passion. We don't want to just get our, you know, our little station wagon and put some balloons on it. We want people to know that we're here for our community. And there was a passion when you talk to people about this goofy float that was really a passion for the gospel. But there's also a sense of humility. I got this, uh, Scott Holly gave this to me several years ago because I asked him to get it made for me, but I'm too afraid to put it on my my bumper sticker because it's on my, of my car because it's too true, but I keep it on my desk. And it says this, we may be idiots, but we're God's idiots. <laughs> that's, that's been the motto of the Green Tree Session since day one. The elders that, that, that began the leadership of this church, this was, you know what, we're idiots. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to mess it up. We're not going to get this right. But we belong to the one who has gotten it right. And we trust in him, not in ourselves. I told this story to the, to the um, first service, and I don't know that I've shared it before, but when I was interviewing with the search team at Green Tree, the first interview was great. It just went well. We talked for like three hours, and we were hitting on all eight cylinders. The second interview was just terrible. It was awful. I, I went home, and I just as excited I had been before I went home, I said, Cindy, we're not going to Green Tree. It was terrible. They were just like, they were telling me what I had to do and how I had to do it, and I had to, I had to you know, just follow exactly what they had been doing so far. And, and those of you that know me know I don't react well in that kind of situation, and that's not necessarily a compliment to me, but I was just like, I, I can't do that. And, uh, and about three days later, after I called the chairman of the search team, good friend of mine, dear friend of mine, Jim Bingley, I said, Jim, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I can't pass your Green Tree. 
two of the members of the search team showed up on my front doorstep one night, and they said, we're just here to ask your forgiveness because we treated you so poorly. Now, I don't know how many churches you've been a part of in your life. I've been in several churches. I can't think of one church where I could ever imagine that happening. And I'm not saying that like Green Tree is just the greatest church ever. I don't mean it that way. But my point is that the Spirit of God was at work in those people's hearts to the point that they didn't have any problem showing up on my doorstep and saying, you know, we did that really poorly. Could we, could we kind of have a do-over? And, you know, people say to me all the time, we really appreciate your transparency from up front. Well, let me tell you, that's something that was learned on that night sitting in my living room with people who are incredibly more accomplished than I will ever be in my lifetime, you know, being humble with me. And, and that drew me to Green Tree. There's also a thoughtfulness that drew me to Green Tree. And by that, um, when I was reading the materials of Green Tree, as I was doing my research to, in the interview process, I came across a paragraph on evangelism. Um, and and the, the definition of success in evangelism went like this. We're not going to base success on evangelism by how many people come to Christ, but by how many people at Green Tree Community Church are actively sharing their faith with others. Now, that's a brilliant statement because you can have tons and tons of people coming to your church because you put on a great show, so to speak, and nobody's talking to anybody about Jesus in their home, in their neighborhood, in their business, in their school. And, and God has called us individually as well as corporately to share the gospel. And if you and I don't do that individually, it will never happen corporately. And so there was a thoughtfulness that said, we're all responsible to look outward, to look around and say, who needs to know Jesus? That's not just the preacher's job. It's not just the staff's job. It's our responsibility as disciples of Jesus. And that thoughtfulness in that statement was profound. And then the last thing I said is people first, bricks and mortar second. I could really say people first and kind of everything else second. Caring for people, sharing the gospel with people, ministering to people, was at the very root of Green Tree Community Church. I don't know that I've ever told this story publicly because it sounds a little bit like bragging about our elders, but I'm going to tell it this morning. When uh, it was about 2000, 2001, and I had met a guy named Dave Cover, who is now the pastor at the Crossing. He was in a class that I was teaching at Covenant Seminary, and we began to talk about what he was going to do after he graduated. We talked about Columbia, and we talked about how everybody who sends kids down to Columbia says, there just don't seem to be any good churches for college kids. You know, there just doesn't seem to be a good place for him. And, and David had been the campus minister for Crusade for 17 years. And I'm like, Dave, why don't you start a church? This is perfect. You're the perfect guy to do it. Well, let, let's do this. And, and so we started talking. We got excited. Dave goes, well, there's only one problem. We don't have any money. <laughs> how, how are we going to do this? I said, that is not a problem. At the time, Green Tree Community Church had $120,000 total in our savings account. All, that was all the money that we had to operate, Right. And I go to the elders, and I, and I say to Dave, I said, Dave, no problem. Green Tree's got money, you know, and this is what drives the finance team and my staff crazy, because I say this all the time. It's no big deal. We'll take care of it. And so I go to the elders, and I said, guys, we got this amazing opportunity, and, 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 and we can do this. And we sat and talked for a while. Anybody in this room that was an elder that many knows that that was not a five-minute conversation. That was about a three-hour conversation. But out of that conversation, Green Tree Community Church gave $100,000 of our 120, we gave away 85% of what we had to start the crossing in Columbia, which is now, I don't know, five times bigger than us. And I don't know how many people there impacting for the gospel today. The point is not, oh, pat the elders on the back. The point is, is that it's about people hearing the gospel. It's what drew me to Green Tree. And I have not been disappointed. It has been quite an adventure. 
But what keeps me at Green Tree? You know, pastors are always kind of looking around and every once in a while getting calls from somebody saying, hey, maybe come over to, to our church. What is it that keeps me at Green Tree? Well, I want to remind you about the vision, or maybe you've never, never, um, never seen our vision before if you're relatively new. Can we go to that next slide? Thank you. Our vision is this, to know Jesus Christ, to serve him in joyful obedience, and to make him known by three things, growing disciples, planting churches, and renewing communities. That's a great vision. It starts where it should. We need to know Jesus. It's about his grace. It's about his mercy. It's about his salvation. But it's also about then, because we've been loved, taking that love to others and serving him in joyful obedience by sharing what he's done with us, with others. And it's specific enough to tell us how to do it, to grow disciples, to renew communities and plant churches. It's about the grace of Jesus. It's about expanding his kingdom through our impact on other people's lives. It's not about us. And that's one of the things that keeps me at Green Tree. Very rarely when I'm in a staff meeting or a meeting with elders or talking with people in our congregation, do we get caught up in the what's in it for us conversation. In fact, uh, and, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about this later, but last November and December, we had these home meetings, right? We talked a little bit about the future and the property and, and the facilities and where that all might be going. And we asked a series of four questions. And one of those questions was, whenever the Lord gives us the, the place, kind of what does it look like and what does it need to be and what does it need to do? And one of the questions that, one of the answers that was given in every meeting, it wasn't the top answer. It wasn't, you know, the most important to everybody, but it was in every response was we need to build something that will benefit our community. It's not just about us. It's about God's kingdom. It's not a castle mentality. It's a kingdom mentality. How can we reach others? I remember the one church I, I actually gave serious consideration to uh, about four years ago. And when I say serious consideration, it was a little bit longer than six seconds, but it was about that long. And I got a call from a church in California. It was about 3,000 people, and it was a beautiful building, and it was a beautiful part of California. And they had done their homework, and they were calling saying, you know what? We actually are doing this a little bit different. We've researched a bunch of guys, and you're the only guy we want to talk to. And like I said, I thought about it for about six seconds, and I actually went and visited their website. And I'm not knocking that church, and I'm sure it's a phenomenal church. I'm sure it's a great church. But everything I read was about what they were doing kind of inside the walls. And the reason it was so easy for me to say no is because we're not an inside-the-walls group of people, and I've come to appreciate that about God's Spirit in our midst, that, that there must be a community benefit to what we do or it's not worth doing. But inside the context of the mission statement, I've written two words at the bottom because as I was kind of putting pen to paper on this, these are the words that, that came to the forefront of my thinking. The first is one of the reasons that I, that I stay at Green Tree is because the opportunity is there. There's so much more to do. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the potential that God has given us to share the gospel with others, to grow, excuse me, to grow His influence through the collective body of Green Tree Community Church and each individual member in our neighborhoods and our schools and our businesses. And, and if we have an outward focus today, we have the opportunity to take that outward focus and multiply it by a hundredfold. And we still won't be quite close to the heart of Jesus for the lost, but we'll be going in the right direction. There are 28,000-something people just in Kirkwood. You don't even have to go to, like, the far reaches of Glendale or De Pere to, to, to find, you know, that, that was a little bit of a joke, y'all, because... Um, they're right here in front of us. The opportunity is right 
here every day. I was talking with one of our assistant pastor candidates on the phone this week, and I was talking, he was talking about sharing the gospel with people. He talked about in the town in which he presently serves is very much a college town, and he talks to a lot of people who are atheists. And he says, I just love engaging you know, intellectually and socially, and, and, and I really enjoyed what he was saying, but I said, okay, well, let me ask you a question. Because I live in a town that isn't necessarily a hotbed for atheism. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that there aren't atheists at Kirkwood. I'm sure there are. But there are a lot of people that are like spiritual and like a little bit religious. And they've kind of put it in that box in their lives. But they really don't know Christ. I said, what do you what do, you do with the deeply spiritual that don't know Jesus? Because that's our, that's our audience. That, th- those are our neighbors. Those are our business partners. Those are our friends at school. They, they know something of God, but they don't know Christ. The opportunity to continue the impact for Christ in this community is off the charts. But the second word I wrote is tone. And, and what I mean by that, it's kind of hard to explain as, as, and describe as I thought about it. But here's where I came to. There seems to me to be an abundance of God's grace. It seems to me that, that, that in many ways at Green Tree, we understand that this is not our doing. This is the doing of God through Christ. And we are not special people. We are not brilliant people. I mean, a lot of you are brilliant, but we we are not the elite, and that's why God chose us. We are recipients of mercy and grace in spite of ourselves. But, But we seem to have a decent understanding of that, and it seems to salt and pepper everything we do. I was thinking back to our early years at Green Tree, and some of there's only going to be 100. How many people in this room remember Chuck? There can't be 10 people in this room that remember Chuck. Okay, we got, we got about 10 of us that remember Chuck. Chuck had a hard life, and, and Chuck looked like he had a hard life. And uh, Chuck's three teeth didn't look very good. And, you know, he didn't have a nice suit to wear, and, and he was a gruff guy. And every Sunday when we all fit, like, in the front of the room, and we still had the donuts and coffee in the back of the room, Chuck was about two-thirds of the way back of the room with a, with a, a, a video recorder. And I don't know if we actually ever recorded anything or not. But every Sunday, he was in charge of, our, of taping our sermons. That was his ministry at Green Tree. And everybody loved Chuck. There are a lot of churches where guys like Chuck don't ever get to walk in the door because people don't have any time for him. And they look at him and they judge him and they send him on their way. I think about when we got kicked out of uh, Kirkwood Park. We were doing a party in the park there. We'd get together once a year and have a big celebration, have a cookout, and the people would ask us, how many people are here? And I'd say 300, and there were like 650, and eventually the ranger counted, and then they, we never got to go back. And so we were talking about, yeah, how's that? Your pastor lies for your church. Um, <laughs> and so we're ta- sitting in the staff meeting, so what are we going to do? Where are we going to go have our party? That's my question. Where are we going to go have the party? And somebody said, how about if we turn it into a service day? How about if we actually live out our mission statement? How about if we care about other people? And I'm like, there's a unique idea. And 2028, which we've done, I think this is our seventh year maybe, or our eighth year, was born out of thinking about ourselves. Nope, let's think about others. How do we turn this to serve others? Whether it's the Christmas mittens that are strung all over this room in early December, whether it's some of you who have gotten on planes or some of you that are getting ready to get on planes and go to faraway places like Russia to adopt children so they can, they can grow up in a home that hears Christ. Whether it's somebody hearing the gospel, a guy told me about three weeks ago, he goes, yeah, I became a Christian about a year ago when you were preaching. I'm like, you know, you didn't have to wait a year to tell me that. I, I'm good with encouragement, you know, right away if, if you think about it. But, but there are people that know Christ because of their interaction with Green Tree Community Church. 
I remember when uh, Jeanette Tendai, the principal at North here several years ago, she's now over in the, in the main office, she called me one day because they, one of their families had had a tragic fire and one of the kids had been killed and they didn't have money for a funeral. And uh, she was, said, I'm going to call Mother's Club and some other, but she knows, but I thought of you. And we, I, we hadn't really done anything for the school district at that point. We were still pretty young. And I said, well, what, what do you need? And she said, well, we've got a guy who will do the funeral for about $1,200. And uh, I said, okay, I'll have a check to you in 15 minutes. Again, this is where the finance team loves me. It's just so, it's so great, you know. But when you have several hundred thousand dollars in the bank, it, it ain't a question, right? Okay. And the finance team knows it, it isn't a question. I'm, I'm just being silly with them. And she, she said, what do you mean? I said, we take care of our community. That's part of why we're here. I'll have a check over there. You don't need to mess with us. Go on about your day. And she was dumbfounded. She goes, I, I, I don't know anybody like this? I said, well, it's about Jesus. <laughs> it's about his grace in our lives. And we just want to let that grace flow to other people. That's what keeps me at Green Tree Community Church. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But we have a solid foundation of God's grace. And I think that's pretty wonderful. What's my future hope for Green Tree Community Church? I just turned 53. Uh, I held both of my granddaughters on my lap last night. How on earth did that happen? Uh, this isn't a grandfather body, is it? You don't have to answer that question. I already know the answer. <laughs> Katie said, Dad, how about a personal trainer? Three months till the wedding, we can maybe get you know, some of this figured out. I've been a green tree for 13 years, and, and Lord willing, maybe I'm about halfway through. Um, there's more to be done. And so as I thought about my future hopes for green tree, I, I had a couple thoughts, and a couple of these are not new. First one is just the next generation of leaders. We have a really great group of young elders. We really do. And we've got one or two more that will come on next year. But let me, let me tell you, these guys need to be trained. They need to be strengthened in the Lord. They need to be learning from the older guys, guys my generation. Their potential is so much greater than what our potential was, but, but they need to be growing as, as leaders and as servant leaders. And I know some of you are sitting in this room, and that's not... Don't take that as a derogatory statement. That's not at all. I am so in awe of the people that God brings into leadership at Green Tree, and I'm in awe of you guys. But you're, you're young, and there's a ways to go. And we need to grow disciples. That's part of our mission statement. And we are committed as a group of elders that we will seek to honor Christ in how we servant lead this congregation. And there's a learning curve to that. And this congregation is very patient with its leadership. We appreciate it. But there's still work to be done to make sure that next generation of leaders is really on solid footing. Secondly, I believe it's my generation's responsibility to lead through identifying, developing the new ministry and worship space in Kirkwood. This comes back to our our meetings last November. When you leave this morning, and hopefully the first service kept this pretty quiet. I hope they they did a good job. Uh, When you leave this morning, you're going to get a little booklet placed in your hands uh, to take home and to look at. And there's several things in it. And the first section, there is just a little note from me, kind of what this is. On the second side, uh, you'll be introduced to our building team that has been at work since last fall. Uh, they identified a architect and they began to do some space study work with that architect. So you'll, and you know these folks, you just maybe didn't know they were on this team and some of them are in this service. Uh, the, the, the middle fold out of this is the, uh, the summation of the, the November-December home meetings. There were four questions that we asked. Uh, we took all of those, when I say we, I didn't. We took all those answers and we disseminated all that information. We boiled it down. And what you have here is kind of a, of a cl- conclusion, overall statement of what was heard in those meetings. On the next page, you have um, some information 
from our architects about, they have come and studied us, they've worshiped with us, they've interviewed our staff and some of our ministry leaders, and they've given us some good information about our space needs. So over here, you, we talk about it, and over here, we draw it out a little bit. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a floor plan. In fact, this, it, it, this, is, this is space needs. This is a, the, what's the size? What kind of, how are we going to fit everybody, Okay. In fact, it says up here in the corner, up at the top left-hand corner, this is not a floor plan, okay? In a quintessential green tree fashion, in the lower right-hand corner, it says, no, really, this is not a floor plan. And I know some of you are going to spite me this week, and you're going to send me an email and go, great floor plan. Okay, so don't. Just don't do it. But this tells you a little bit about, you know, how would we fit um, if the Alpine shop decided at some point to move out, how would we fit in that space? How would we fit in, in any other area? Uh, so that's this booklet. You're going to get that, take that home and read it. But, but I want to tell you a couple things. Number one, there isn't a day that goes by that we don't seek to answer this question. Because it may very well be that God gave us 440 North Kirkwood to help us pay for what he, the other place that he's providing. And we have been looking at options. And I will tell you, but I cannot go into detail because we're in the very formative stages of this conversation. We're in a very interesting conversation right now with a group of people about a, about a piece of property in Kirkwood that is, is pretty amazing. And we need to pray about that. But we are committed to finding the answer. I think some folks think, well, the Alpine shop resigned, so we're kind of sitting on our hands and we're waiting. No, we're not. Literally, there's not a day that goes by where a representative for us or somebody on our staff or one of our leaders is involved in a conversation about answering that question. But those aren't my hopes and dreams. Those are byproducts. Those need to happen, and they're important. But my, I, I have one dream, really, and it's at the bottom, that God would reignite our passion for his mission, that we would not be complacent about sharing Christ and about growing his kingdom right now. And I will tell you, friends, I believe that we, and when I say we, I mean me as well, we have become complacent. We have settled for a wonderful experience on Sunday morning, some great community groups, some wonderful care ministry, a, a, a phenomenal children's ministry. Our youth ministry is going in a great direction, and I think we've become satisfied. And I think we've lost the vision. And I say that to my shame, and I say that for you to consider. Is God using us individually to talk to people about Christ? He's certainly bringing them across our pathway. Are we responding with an excitement, with an intensity that says, we get the opportunity to grow the kingdom of God? I said we'd get to the scripture at the end. Here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and what? Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he, that being God the Father, made him, that being God the Son, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, that in Jesus we might be the righteousness of God. Friends, there is the vision. The vision is outward focused. 
I want to have a building where we can do weddings and funerals, absolutely. But I want a place that is a springboard into this community, that invites the community in and sends us out with the message of Jesus. It is not about our comfort. It is not about what we, what we leave behind to others. It is about being used by God for one purpose, and that is to bring him glory by sharing this message with others. Paul says, we've been reconciled, and therefore God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. It's, it's one step following the other. We're not reconciled just for us, but also so that God can use us for his kingdom. God's making his appeal through us. We implore you, Paul says, we beg you, be reconciled to God through Christ. That is the call to Green Tree Community Church. That's the passion that we must have for the gospel. I was walking out of a meeting with Michael Dinkoff, one of our elders. We had been meeting with this, these folks where this opportunity has, has, has come kind of out of nowhere. And we walk out of the building where we were in, and it was just the two of us now. And he looked at me and he goes, we got to think a whole lot bigger. I said, you're right. We do. Because God is a whole lot bigger than you and I are even beginning to imagine right now. And I'd like to go on and tell you what all this is. I can't, but trust me when I tell you, we need to pray not that God would necessarily open this door or that door, but that when God opens the door that we will have the faith to follow. And I will tell you, friends, it is a sacrifice and it is a commitment and it is a lifestyle that only happens when we are so enraptured with the gospel of Christ that we can do no other. That is my passion and my hope and my prayer for Green Tree, that we would all think bigger, that we would join again God's mission because it is a crucial mission. Souls are at stake. The time is short. The opportunities abound. The only question is how will you and I respond? What I'd like to do this morning as our immediate response is I want to break up into prayer groups. We've done this before in the service, and if you're a visitor, you just broke out into a cold sweat. Don't panic. We will take good care of you. Nobody's going to put you on the spot to pray out loud. There are people around the congregation that are, that are servant leaders here, and they'll kind of help organize the groups. But we want to break up into groups of about seven or eight or ten, and we want to pray for two things. One, we want to pray for the reigniting of, of this passion that the gospel would really begin to burn in our hearts, maybe like it's never burned before. And then secondly, we absolutely need to pray for wisdom as we move forward uh, and seeing where God is leading us and praying for our, our, our elders and for our leaders and people that are in these conversations trying to kind of get our minds around us and figure all that out. So we need to pray for ourselves for that passion. And maybe it's a prayer of confession that we don't have it and we, we want to, maybe we lost it, we want to get it back. And we're praying for it for the first time and then praying for wisdom. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you now to go ahead and break up into groups and then I'll start us off with a quick prayer and then let you pray within your group. So let's go ahead and just kind of move your chairs around and get in, in groups of about anywhere from eight to 10 folks and then I'll, I'll start us off.